My name is Mike, 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 Dark, 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 Dark. And I am Richard Wag, Wag, Wagner. We're back. We're back after several weeks off. Another edition of Radio Waves. My name is Mike Stark. And Richard Wagoner. And we are back. Like I said, we took some some weeks off. We're we're doing this sort of in a chill sort of situation these days. Whenever there's some new news or some big news, we try to come back and and we're gonna also start replaying some of our career spanning interviews because the way the podcast works is if you didn't hear those originally, they're not on the radar any longer. So we can start as we did with the Ken Levine interview several weeks ago, we can replay those and republish them. And then some people that our new subscribers will get a chance to hear some of those older interviews. You can inspire some new people to come on. And I believe strongly in what we're doing. I want to get all of this in, in recorded history because there's so many people that have such wonderful careers and they're such amazing people. And, you know, especially in radio, they don't get the recognition that they deserve. Which brings us to the first part of our discussion today, which is uh, the two columns that we missed. Both of them involved uh, radio personalities that we lost. It's kind of the uh, the era that we're in that a lot of our contemporaries and the slightly older are, are passing away. The first one is a, a pretty big personality here in Los Angeles. Actually, both of them really are, but one for a different sure. reason. Uh, Damien from uh, KMET and KLOS and, uh, and even... Um, what was the other station on uh, 97.1? ALSX. <laughs> there you yes. go. The name spells classics. He uh, he has been ill for a little while, but he was he was really kind of one of those uh, early gentlemen on the on the freeform radio and was just smooth when he when he did his uh, shtick, if you want to call it that. It wasn't really a shtick, but he he did progressive radio really well. He came over from Chicago. He had actually hmm. taken WDAI. He's one of the first uh, DJs on there. And that was during the time when ABC Radio decided to take all of their FMs and make them pretty much the same. So here in Los Angeles, right. KLOS was doing it. So they, as soon as he did uh, WDAI in Chicago, they brought him out to Los Angeles for KLOS. And he was one of the first DJs there. Yeah, and I fortunately got to work with Damien uh, when he was there, and it was at the time J.J. Jackson was also there at the time. They were real close buddies. I actually went out and partied a little bit with Damien, and he knew how to party, <laughs> no, no doubt about that, and uh, just a good guy. That was back in the day when they had engineers, and I was I was Damien's engineer part of the time. Really worked so, with him. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, he was a great guy and uh, will be missed, definitely. Speaking of J.J. Jackson, another guy that went too, uh, too young, He that's from yeah. years ago, but um, it's just weird thinking of these people are gone. They're people that I grew up with, people that I listened to. Um, one of the things that I thought was kind of neat, one of his uh, friends and colleagues, Michael Benner, wrote, mm. uh, he was truly one of the good guys, a sweet man with virtually no ego. And uh, those are the ones that that's are true. really... You know, really fun to work with more than anything else. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then we lost uh, an entertainment reporter from uh, KIQQ, right? Yes, yes. And then she went on to uh, ABC Television Channel 7 here in Los Angeles to do the entertainment reporting there. Francesca Capucci. You know, it's funny. I remember her well on KIQQ. It was during the days of uh, my understanding in talking to some people who worked there and others who were observers is that George Wilson, who was the general manager, kind of wanted to uh, prove that almost anyone could be a DJ in Los Angeles. So he'd Mm -hmm. hire people that didn't necessarily have experience and then intertwined with people that had a lot of experience. I don't know if you're right. Chandler was there, Tony St. James, a lot of people that came from KZY and stuff. So they at times sounded extremely amateurish. And then he would kind of have them do weird things. I did find out after I wrote the column that that thing about K... I Q which Francesca was really known for doing and almost exaggerating. I wonder if she had a sense of humor and was really trying to see what she could get away with. But apparently that was a George Wilson mandate. He wanted to make sure the people did that, partly to distinguish it from K100. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. So anyway, we lost her. Oh, I know what I wanted to cover also that was in your column. The fight for the dashboard. Oh, yes. Yes. There is a big fight for the dashboard. And in fact, the focus has been on a couple of the companies, Ford being the latest in their electric vehicles and future uh, uh, regular engine cars. And that's removing AM. When we're talking about the dashboard, we're talking about the new entertainment systems that are in the new cars where you can, we've talked about it, you can put your apps on there and all of that. So now there's a big fight to keep AM on there, right? Yeah, there's a big fight to keep AM, but arguably you can make it up, although there is a cost to the stations, you can get it through streaming. And streaming often sounds better and actually gives better reception in a lot of cases. It's not something that everyone can do because they don't necessarily have a um, uh, an app for it or they don't have the uh, data plan or anything like that. So it is a shame for some of the cars to remove AM. And I honestly think that it's lazy engineering. Um, they just don't want to do it because obviously if Toyota and other companies, GM, can do it, why can't they, you know? You just can't let AM go, can you, Richard? But here's the thing. Here's the rub. If stations were actually programming stuff that people wanted to hear, this wouldn't be happening. When you only have 5% of the market, uh, I mean, you're going back to the days. Think of the early 70s when you could only get AM. Well, I shouldn't say only. You could optionally get uh, FM. But most cars came with just AM radios until about mid-70s. Yeah. So... It's not that much of a difference. People started demanding FM because that's what they wanted to hear. So I think that that's uh, in some ways a self-fulfilling thing. The only problem is there are some uh, owners, we're going to get to one in a minute, but there are some owners that put a lot of emphasis on super serving their local community. And it's a shame that they're being screwed out of the deal when things like this happen. But that's not the only problem. There was an announcement from General Motors that their future electric vehicles were not going to support CarPlay or Android Auto. Mm. And they were going to go with some Google programmed thing. And my problem with Google is when I'm, I'm not a big fan of their privacy policy, so I don't really like signing up for a lot of their stuff anyway. But besides that, 
I don't want to have to program each one of my cars separately with whatever apps I'm going to have. If I take my phone, I can take my phone now and whatever whatever car I plug it into, CarPlay will pick up everything just like yours does. And I think yours is Android, right? Yes. Mine, I have the auto Android or whatever it's called. So you plug it in, your apps all show up. You can use the map that you want. You can plan ahead. And I just think that it's a big mistake on General Motors' part to uh, to remove that. That's a feature that a lot of people want and a lot of young people want. And I almost look at it as, you know, okay, yeah, Tesla does that, but Tesla's its own thing. Sure. You know? Elon is quite a bit different than most other, uh, and, right. and they're still a fringe company. They're not a mainstream company like General Motors. I think General Motors is going to lose a ton of sales because of that. I, I've I've pretty much only owned GM. I, going back to my great grandfather and my grandfather in 1921, the families pretty much only had General Motors. And if I if it came down to me buying a car and I couldn't get CarPlay and I could get it on something else, I'm not buying General Motors. Well, I've always said in my car, I have to have a working radio and a working air conditioner. Yes. And <laughs> other than that, I don't care about anything. That's and, true. And, and that would apply to the uh, CarPlay or the Android Auto uh, as well. So uh, so we're going to wait and see on this, I guess. Yeah, I have, I have a feeling they're going to change their minds because there's a lot of people complaining. Okay, we'll see. And there is good reason to... Complain if you're an AM addict, such as our friend Richard here, and uh, things are changing in New York with a with a legendary radio station that has been floundering for years, yep. and now it's making a comeback. Tell us about what's happening at WABC. Well, they were pretty much given up for dead by previous owner Cumulus. They had been running uh, conservative talk, and then they decided to go with uh, syndicated conservative talk, and we all know how well that does. So they were just doing nothing. And um, they decided to sell it to a guy who ran a uh, grocery store. He's a businessman, grocery store owner. And uh, as it turns out, what's his name? John Ketsimatitis, Jr., there's no way I can get all those letters correctly uh, pronounced. Close but, enough. Yeah. 74-year-old guy. He has no radio experience other than being a fan. Decided to go super local as much as he can. He does still have some syndicated stuff on there. But for the most part, it's local New York personalities. He brought back the jingles. He brought back uh, music on the weekend. Brought back Cousin Brucey. I love that. And, you know, and people are listening. It was probably a 1.5 share before he took over, and now they're above a 3. They actually had a 3.9 for the last two months. That's pretty damn good for a has-been station. For an AM station as right. well. Right. Yeah. So what is the lesson to be learned here, Richard? Program locally. Stop this crap about trying to have one DJ cover multiple cities, super serve your audience, find out what they want, for God's sake. And you're seeing a little bit of it here, even with the majors. I think that uh, Alt 98.7 and even KLOS are doing a pretty good job with some of their shows, including the afternoon shows. So you're seeing it, and some of them are getting it, um, but it needs to be more, and it needs to be more than just a couple. And who specifically in this town could use the WABC model the most? ABC. <laughs> All they have to do is... Go, I, know, led I, you right, I led you right into that one. 
Ken Levine once told me that if he was going to program KBC, he would just he would ditch the talk and put on oldies, sixties oldies. And I would tend to agree with him. I mean, it, it would be a big loss in a sense because that they brought the talk format to Los Angeles. And sure. Keep some evening talk shows or something like that. But until you find the next big talk, you know, formula, talk radio is struggling. And mm-hmm. um, it is a hard format to to do, although you don't have to pay the licensing fees for music, I guess. But I just think with, with KBC Signal and a lack of exposure to a lot of the oldies, yeah, they'd go old. Oh, by the way, that's the other thing they do in WABC. They don't mind that the listenerships are older. You know, all the listeners are older. Right. So embrace who you can get. If you can get older people right now, get them, and then you can try to go younger later. You know. Exactly. And what's wrong with doing if you if you're if you're trying stuff out and on an AM station, what's wrong with going partially music and right. partially talk? You know. You have nothing to lose. Look at uh, KMPC. Do you remember how they were? They were sports pretty much all weekend. They had all, they had some talk. They had uh, the the talk show in the afternoon. Right. Had uh, music the rest of the time as full service. Yeah. So there's a lot can be done with AM stations. I, I'm I I've abandoned AM, but as long as I'm partnered up with Richard, I have to well, still thing is support AM to some degree. It, it's it's kind of the potential that's there. There is virtually nothing to listen to in Los Angeles that is that big a deal. You know, you can't get it elsewhere. So. Why not take the chance? Why not expose new music? Why not expose new viewpoints? What yeah. why are, What are you afraid of? You're already losing money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And cut that commercial load. Yes. I, th- I think in the, one of the columns you talked a little bit about commercial loads as well, but we won't get into that because you and I always talk about that. Yeah. That is one of the, the death nails of radio right now. Right. Everybody agrees with that part of it. You're not going, especially with young people, you're not going to compete when you have 20 minutes of commercials an hour. That's right. Okay, well, I think we've brought us back up to date to some degree. We may or may not be back next week. (laughs) You'll have to subscribe. And if you subscribe, then it just comes in your uh, email box and you're you're good to go. So uh, we will be back next week with another edition of Radio Waves. 